Broadcasting worldwide from the Totesuck Studio in beautiful central Arkansas, welcome to another Bad Choices and Bourbon. I am your host, Dan Decker, D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R on Twitter. And with me this week, I have the one old shark, Alan, has come to the show, finally one of my patrons uh, and uh, good friends and uh, apparently a 3D printing uh, expert. Uh, to me at least, uh, which I hope we can talk a little bit about that. But um, we're going to get right into it. Alan, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Dan. It's great to be here. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't really consider myself to be an expert quite yet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, in the land of life. the blind, the one-eyed man is king, you know? There you go. So, uh, <laughs> um, oh, but... Contact lenses, I think. <laughs> and a few cataracts. <laughs> um, but let's, let's uh, I mean, you know, uh, aside from a few uh, uh, a DM thread, you and I, we haven't even really ever uh, spoke outside of uh, the context of Star Trek. Um, and, you know, face to face. So this is this is literally us getting to know each other, which is exactly what the show's about. So um, let's just start with that. Where uh, Where do you come from and where are you now? So I literally come from the UK. So I was born and raised in the Northeast. I've literally never, ever stepped foot off UK soil, which is a bit strange for most people, especially as I'm currently, what, 42. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just one of those that's never really felt the need to like go elsewhere. But yeah, I mean, lived, born, raised. I think the closest I've got to ever really getting anywhere when I was about Oh, crikey, I must have been not long after I passed my driving test. I had like me and a few other buddies, and we were like, oh, where should we go? And we literally had a big chalk, not chalk, board, cork board. Mm-hmm. And we used a big old map on there, set of darts, and it would, like one person would pick a dart up, throw it in, it's like, right, where are we going? And we're like, uh, Lisenby, where's that? And we're like, don't know, right, we're going. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that is, um, that's not too far from a, what, a lot of what happens here in the States. Uh, you know, uh, there's been, a, there was this recent little uh, go around on Twitter of everyone uh, listing the, the country of uh, where they're born and their parents and the countries they've been to. And mine is just the United States. <laughs> and, uh, but within that, you know, uh, kind of, kind of like Europe. Uh, our states are essentially unique unto themselves where, you know, we're federated, but um, a state is very akin to, uh, in some ways, a smaller European country. Uh, So you can be uh, from Arkansas and it be a completely different, you know, obviously a completely different culture than someone who grew up in, say, Idaho. Um, just by geography, just by language even is different. Uh, uh, even the same, you know, just like between ourselves, uh, you, you know, they call a water fountain, a bubbler in some parts of the country. And, you know, you just have to know those different things. Um, and so, you know, we whittled it down to the States you're from and your parents are from and the States you've been to. And it makes it much more interesting if you're just kind of a homebodied American who's never <laughs> been outside the, the borders um, to, to kind of make it feel like a little bit more, but there are folks uh, who have never, you know, never left their hometowns um, uh, even inside of their own counties. Uh, so, you know um, it isn't unique uh, to your side of the world to, to kind of stick around close to the area, but hitting a dart on the board and taking off that is 100% like road trip culture, man. That is what we're all about here. 
um, is piling in the car with some snacks and taking off uh, to to parts unknown. So that sounds like a grand adventure to go on when you're right out the gate with your driver's license, yeah? Yeah, I mean, we did initially decide, oh, you know, we'll do most of the UK. Then as we get older, we'll go and do Europe. Problem was, obviously, as you get older, it's like... You got older. Somebody <laughs> has children. Somebody does yep. this, somebody does that. And it's like, oh, there's just me. And then, like, months down the line, it's like, oh, everybody's like... So, yeah, the European thing never, ever happened, which is a bit there's weird. still time? So yeah, I mean... Where are you located? Well, like what, uh, like geographically, um, say one one were to arrive uh, next year sometime in London, how far would you have to go to visit that person? Ooh, I would be approximately two hundred miles north. Ooh, that's a good <laughs> long. That's a good long ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a very good long ride. Ooh, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully when it's safe to do so, uh, myself and my older children, my older boys are going to be visiting uh, London and Paris um, uh, once it's, you know, once we're all cleared to do so. Doesn't sound like it's going to happen when I mean, it's supposed to happen in March, but that would be I think that would be winging and prayer at this point, uh, considering uh, everybody's yeah, status at the time. I really didn't expect us to continue to be talking about viruses uh, at this point in this podcast, but here we are. <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, this will, this will go out sometime in third week of January from when we're recording. So, uh, very much still contemporaneous. I'm, I'm afraid we'll be three weeks. Won't three, four weeks. Won't probably set the world right by the time people hear this. So, Hopefully it'll be uh, back at work. <laughs> now you, um, uh, what do you do? Like, you, you know, you, you mentioned something about selling sharks. Do you really sell sharks? Yeah, so that's initially where I got the name from. So Old Shark, it's quite literally, obviously, I'm one of the older ones, except for um, <clears throat> somebody else in the household. <laughs> not, so, not calling out. Don't get yourself in trouble, bro. <laughs> slightly older, slightly older. I'm getting able to. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but no, I mean, I literally work for Shark, and I was working for, obviously, HP, because I love computers. But the problem was is I would be on a contract for, say, 10, 12 weeks or whatever it was, and I'd have four weeks off, then back for 10, 12 weeks. She says, oh, why don't you work for Shark? And I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to sell vacuum cleaners for a living. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything more boring if you'd put it, like, if you could have literally tried. And I thought, mm. I thought, I'll give it a try. And I thought, if it doesn't work out, I've got four weeks, because they give you a four-week trial. And I thought, I can just go back to working for HP again. I was like, Anyhow, I did it for four weeks, and it's weird. After a while, you start loving it, and it's like, oh, right, quite cool. Because you get into all, like, the specs. You've got this, you've got that, you've got that. And now it's weird. I get a new vacuum. This is been with them for about two years now. Brand new vacuum comes on. I was like, yay, look at this. And I'm like, oh, my God, what has happened to me? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Hey. So, you know, that is, that's an important thing though. You, you, I don't know, you may have, may have had a hidden passion for vacuuming, uh, or <laughs> vacuum cleaners. It is, um, you know, you, I think you can find a way to be fat, especially as a sci-fi and, and Trek fan, you can find a way to be fascinated in the engineering of just about anything. 
Um, oh yeah. And you know, and if you're working, if you're if you're selling, you know, uh, you know, some quality equipment there, uh, like you said, it's it's fun to get excited about the specs if you know what they mean, right? Yeah. And, definitely. Uh, and do you do that from home? So no, I do it in store. So basically, I'm an in store demonstrator. Mm-hmm. I assume exactly the same as you, because obviously you work for Apple as well. Yep. Yeah, I yep. always make sure I know everything. yeah so uh we've been uh i've been this year of course has been weird um they sent us home from the stores um i believe the day was march 16th uh or it was no it was that was a march 16th was a wednesday so it was the monday before that um and they kind of said you know they said hey go home don't worry about it we'll figure this out um you don't have to sweat your job you don't have to sweat your pay uh, just go home and be safe. And, uh, some folks transitioned into at home roles then, uh, and are still doing that. So they're doing support over the phone or through chat or making sales over the phone or through chat. Um, and those roles existed before, uh, they have just been bolstered mightily by the retail, uh, force from the folks who had to go home to be safe from the stores. And so we did that for 72 days. Um, and, uh, in that time I, was uh under uh, i was in an experience a lead experience so i did some trainings and some tutorials and gave some uh talks and things like that uh through that to kind of finish up that experience and then they opened the store back up uh for six weeks and i went back to the store uh, and did that and came back home again when they decided to close the store back down um and kind of got into a limbo where they didn't have they, they kind of got some information all transposed and they never sent me the computer I was supposed to get to start to, to work from home. Uh, and so I was kind of in this weird space and they opened the store back, had us in again. Um, I got sent home for another four weeks and now I'm back at the store. So, you know, that's, it's, it's interesting for a company as large as Apple to be that nimble. Um, but, uh, you know, they're, they're putting us, in the places we need to be to be effective, uh, able to do our jobs and as safe as possible. So uh, through this whole thing, they've been quite nice. Um, but I imagine like on lockdown now in tier four, you guys, uh, you can't go into a store to, to demo a vacuum, no? No, I mean, uh, we've been in tier four, our stores are obviously closed again. So the, I mean, the one I work in, it's literally clusters and non-essential. So we've mm-hmm. been, I mean, main alley, but yeah, click and yeah. I mean, they do do click and collect and everything else. And I thought, oh right. But I said to my boss on the last time we were on lockdown, I said, you know, they're doing click and collect. I said, why don't we have a shark brand ambassador, even if they're just working from home? I said, you could have it, normal run of the mill thing, and then obviously you can give advice, even if you don't have an actual model there. I mean, with Shark, we've got about, it's almost two dozen vacuums. So oh, wow. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't fit quite that many into, a, into your dining room or whatever else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, you could, but, yeah, that's something. You could demo that from the house, like via video or something, yeah? Yeah. I mean, this is what I was thinking, because obviously, I mean, something like Zoom, obviously, but they've got one in Curry's where the customer can see the demonstrator, but the demonstrator obviously can't see the customer. Yeah. I think that's kind of a thing to put the customer at ease. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, having done some screen sharing with customers before um, and uh, for support reasons, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, there's a lot of uh, privacy concerns, and rightly so. 
because there are folks out there whose goal is to take advantage of you. So, you know, uh, dear listeners, always, always do your best to verify that you're working with, uh, you know, the right people uh, when it comes to getting your tech support. Um, because you don't, you know, it's easy, it's easy to be scared into being taken advantage of is, uh, especially if you're not sure what all those funny numbers mean. Uh, <laughs> um, so that, how long you said, have you been doing that about two years now then? Yeah, I've done it for about two years, and I think Ali's done it for about mm, probably coming up to about three now. Wow! Yeah, so I that's mean, a so you guys get to um, you guys know a lot about the same things uh, as far as she also does the the vacuum thing. Yeah, I mean the good thing with the two of us as well. If a brand new model comes in, and obviously she's like, oh, it's got this feature, and she can share it with me, and vice versa as well. Oh, that's Mind pretty you, cool. The could you call it a downside? We're very competitive as well. Oh, no, that's not a downside. I think that's probably part of the healthy relationship. <laughs> she works on the same day, and I work on the same day. But obviously, she works in our store. I work in my store. And it's like, oh, do you try and finish it on the same? It's like, no, we try to kick each other's ass. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, no, that's, you know, hey, steel sharpens steel. You got to you gotta push each other, you know. Plus, um, it, it, uh, it could ostensibly only help the bottom line around the house, yeah? Yeah, I'd love to say I was the better one of the two, but actually Ali tends to outclass me every time. <laughs> uh, you know, that just means you married right, you know. Uh, yeah. If you're not being outclassed by your partner, I think you might have chosen poorly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been about a year since I managed to be it, so yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hobbies, though, obviously we share Star Trek in common, yeah? yeah. How long have you been a Trek fan? Ooh. I knew this question was coming, and to be honest, I've been thinking for ages, and I can't honestly remember. That's that's the that is probably the most common answer. Uh, as we get older, I think folks like yourself and I, uh, the age that we are, um, coming from a different time of television broadcast television. Um, you know, there were a limited, more limited number of channels with a limited number uh, amount of programming. Uh, so yeah. stumbling into Star Trek or um, having our parents or, or guardians set us in front of the television with whatever was on to distract us, um, I think that's how a lot of us came to Star Trek. Uh, it was on and we were watching it, not be, by choice, but by circumstance. Um, and that kind of lends it to that I don't know when I first saw Star Trek. <laughs> I, I have memories of the first things I remember about Star Trek. Yeah. I remember Devil in the Dark making a huge impression on me at a very young age for, uh, you know, one, it was like the first, you know, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. And I was like, oh, this is great. Um, but also that life, sentient life doesn't always look humanoid and that, you know, um, and then obviously that life doesn't necessarily have to be what we understand it you know, since the Horda is a silicon based life form uh, and in that. And then, of course, the very early memories of seeing the refit enterprise in the motion picture. But I can't put a date on it. I've just settled that it has to be around four or five years old, you know, yeah, uh, maybe but timing it. Hmm. I'd probably be looking at around about nine ish, probably around about nine years old. But I couldn't swear to it either. I mean, the problem is, is obviously when you're looking at Teos, you're thinking to yourself, 
normally when you've watched a movie, it's like, all right, when was it released? But obviously the problem with TOS, it's like, was it a rerun? <laughs> right. Was it a rerun or did I see that in the theater? And that, that I do have something to help me with that an anchor because I know that I was seven and I know that I saw the wrath of Khan in the movie theater. So mm. I can use that as a, but I know that I knew about Trek before the wrath of Khan because I was excited about it for what it was. So somewhere seven and ahead, you know, there's a two or three year period in there where my uncle Alvin was getting me up to speed on Star Trek. So, um, but I can definitely say I, the only feature film that I didn't see, uh, I mean the motion picture, I wasn't old enough, uh, but I didn't go see Star Trek five at the cinema. (laughs) I was uh, not, I was, I wasn't excited about it. Um, I've come to enjoy it and appreciate it since, but at the time I was like, this is, this is some steaming garbage. The first movie I remember watching, Star Trek-wise, it has to be um, oh, the, the Return Home. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Star Trek Four, Voyage Home? Yeah. The one with the oh, whales? Yeah. Yeah, the one with the whales. Yeah. That's a great, that's such a great film. It still holds up uh, relatively well today, um, but you just have to enjoy watching it. It's so much fun. Um, you know, you can't hold it to any kind of logic, uh, at all, but it is absolutely, uh, a wild ride. And, uh, we get, uh, we get the invention of transparent aluminum. So, um, mm. that Scotty trying to talk to the computer is worth it every time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crikey. I mean, probably the biggest part I remember is obviously Spock. He obviously jumps in the tank and he's like doing the mind melt. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) They are not the hell your whales. (laughs) Um, So, well, that, okay. So what is your favorite Trek movie then? Oh, it's got to be that. It's obviously the early remembering. It's obviously the first one I quite clearly remember watching in the movies as well. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I think, you know, I would have said for the longest time, uh, the Wrath of Khan for a lot of the same reasons. One, it's it is the kind of go-to answer for a lot of Trek fans uh, as one of the betters. Um, I've seen lately, though, you know, a lot of folks taking it to criticism, and rightly so. Uh, everything is open to criticism, but I wouldn't say anymore that it's my favorite. I still really enjoy The Wrath of Khan a lot, and I will watch that film probably three or four times a year, honestly. Um, but my current go to the best Trek film, I think is first contact. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. It's fa- It's, it's got so much good stuff in it. Um, and that is, that is coming from when it, when it debuted, <clears throat> I enjoyed it, but I, I wasn't taken by it. Uh, I didn't quite like the enterprise E for reasons. Uh, and, um, you know, I wasn't really, I I don't guess I was as excited for it as I was generations. Uh, but over the years, the more I've watched it, the more it is just, it's just great star Trek and it's, it, the effects hold up. It still looks beautiful. Um, the board queen is just so delicious. Uh, and everything about it still holds up great as a particular film. Those characters are all in themselves very well. So, um, what do you, uh, what's your favorite series? Series has to be, yeah, it's got to be Voyager. 
Yeah, okay, talk about that. Tell me about Voyager. Oh, Craig, uh, where do I start? I mean, I know f- I know most people when it's like, oh, it's your favorite series, and they always, 99% say DS9. Yeah. I think it's the one that just got me the most, if you know what I'm, if you know where I'm coming from. Right, right. So did you did you start with the beginning? Like, did you start watching Voyager from when it debuted? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was quite literally from scratch. Yep. I mean, I always joke about killing Neelix, which is terrible. But <laughs> 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 There's two seasons I was like, I want to put this guy in an airlock and just eject him. It was just, no. Yeah. I He is definitely in... Nothing. Ethan Phillips did a great job as Neelix. That character oh, yeah. was just not a good character. Um, the and going back, you know, Kess took a lot of heat in the moment and oh, yeah. and unde, undeservedly so. Uh, if you go back and watch it though, Kess's biggest problem is Neelix. It isn't Jennifer Lean mm-hmm. as an actress, and it isn't the character of Kess. It's just that there is no way that you can have any kind of a relationship with a two-year-old that isn't creepy. I don't care what their maturity rate is. That's creepy. It's creepy, man. And yeah. and then Neelix is creep written creepily. Um oh, yeah. especially when involved when it involves Kess. And so it's hard to like him um at all, really. <laughs> for me. Yeah, I mean, he's like hugely insecure as well. I mean, yep. Kess goes anywhere near Tom Paris, and it's like, whoa, it's just all ready to kick off just every single time. But then, I, you know, I say that, I, I was thinking, I was like, man, I don't know if there are, are, are anyone who actually likes Neelix as a character, but I do know someone, and that's uh, the Alba android, because uh, he has a son named Neelix. Uh, so, obviously, there are people who connect with Neelix uh, on a level that we don't, uh, and that is one of the beauties of Star Trek, is that um, there is always a character uh, or a way to find a connection with a character, um, and I think that's why we all love it uh, in the way that it is. Do you have a favorite character on Voyager? It's kind of tricky, so I'd say mm, Tuvok. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, view our listeners, viewers, ha ha ha. Viewers are probably not going to, listeners are not going to understand. I don't know if you'll be able to see this very good. Um, uh, this is a little puzzle that my wife gave me for Christmas and it's these, it's magnetic and it has these little bars and these little stand up dudes. And so uh, he won't stand up very well, but the idea is you put it together like a puzzle. And it's, so it's all these little metal pieces and things. And so I thought it was like a, a, a puzzle, a cow toe puzzle. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as I opened it up, I went, I went and got the picture and I was like, Oh, you got me. The, it, you're, I don't know if Allie's the same way, but Trish is like, oh my God, does everything relate to Star Trek? And yeah, it does actually. And so I went and got a, I Googled the picture and I was like, look, it's like the Vulcan puzzle. And she was like, oh my God. She didn't do it on purpose. And, uh, but, uh, but Tuvok, oh, what a great, what a great choice. I would, um, I don't know. Yeah, he's definitely top, top of the list when it comes to Voyager characters. Um, because I think 
out of all of our Vulcan characters, he added to the Vulcan mythos the most. Um, even with what they did with T'Pol and Enterprise, I think Tuvok did more. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember the episode. I I remember the episode, but I'm terrible with names. Right, right. Uh, I can't even remember the Dan species. It's the ones where they're overly nice, and it's like, oh, you can have this gift or that gift and everything else. And they've got like a, it's like a transport. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? It's. I think it's the one that takes them to Risa. Is it Risa, Risa? Risa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Uh, the instant transportation, they, you know, they can traverse tens of thousands of light years almost instantly. Yeah, my my memory is quite literally my kryptonite. It is terrible oh, no, it's terrible. <laughs> I, I used to be able to do names of episodes and things like that but uh voyager's oh, yeah. never been my strong suit but tuvok tuvok has always been a favorite mm. um i even went so far you know uh i think um that janeway is the smartest captain uh out of yeah. all of them oh crikey yeah i mean you could put that in so many levels but I think she's got that kind of mental attitude where it's like, what does the book say? It's like, does this really help us? No, right. I'll do it my way. <laughs> yep. Well, and, you know, as far as um, intelligence goes, she's the only completely trained scientist out of the group. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, uh, Picard is an archaeologist uh, to a hobby, and and you know, uh, Cisco is an engineer. Let's never forget that Cisco is an engineer, so he's he's very good at math. Um, but I think as a overall well-rounded scientist, Janeway takes the cake when it comes to smarts. Um, uh, you know, she outwitted the Borg, y'all. Yeah, especially you when know? it comes to. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the boat queens stood there all smug. Oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted you to do. Yep, Thank I you. mean... <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that, never forget that. You know, she... I mean, Cisco may have become a literal demigod, but... Uh, uh, Janeway out, outsmarted the uh, outsmarted the Borg, and I'm super excited to see what uh, what she comes back at with in the upcoming Star Trek Prodigy series. Uh, hopefully, there won't be as much uh, shenanigans about getting that across the pond to you guys as there was with Lower Decks. Um, it's coming. It's still not there yet, right? No, we still don't have it, but I've still watched it, though I didn't huh. have to see it. I did not illegally watch it, but it may have been illegally uploaded. <laughs> but I watched it on a legal platform, if that makes That's sense. Right. That's right. That's right. I uh, I uh, may have been uh, part and parcel in um, place shifting some episodes of Lower Decks for friends across the pond on my Plex server. You know, I can't help it if they're on my server and, oops, I put them there. No, it's like, it you know, I, was just it. I didn't know they're going to drop by. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for the folks who haven't seen it yet, uh, it will, I believe, be well worth your time to have waited. Um, as we record this today, uh, I have seen the penultimate episode of season three of Discovery, and you have not. Um, oh. And so my spoiler-free review for you is lots of pew-pews and lots of feel-feels. 
Um, and so uh, you're in for a great episode. Uh, uh, <laughs> and yeah, there's a really good joke in there too. Anyway, um, let's see what was what was going to be next on my list. What was going to be next on my list? We have Star Trek. We have um, what is what is your other favorite sci-fi franchise? What's your what's your side gig when it comes to when it comes to sci-fi? Oh crikey! I have a man as well. By my own admission, Star Trek is not the man. But I'll bring it. I believe you would be referred. So the side one would be Stargate. Yeah. Well, who's your main? Who's your main? So my main is Doctor Who. Okay. All right. All right. We're keeping it in the family. That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> I will say, uh, big love. A lot of love for Doctor Who, longtime fan, my entire life. Very likely um, uh, neck and neck, or maybe even slightly ahead of Trek as my introduction to sci fi as a genre. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I can, I will, I will never fault a brother for for choosing the good Doctor. Um, I keep, uh, <clears throat> I have a TARDIS T-shirt and I have a Dalek on my desk. Nice. So I also have a, a retired T-shirt that uh, because it, if yeah, I wore it so much, uh, but it has a Dalek on it that says exterminate. So um, yeah. definitely, oh, got, definitely got the bona fides. Yeah. And you've got your you've got your Spock on. I know. She I'm, was like, she, I was quite surprised. I thought you got me. A, you got me a Star Trek T-shirt. She says, best, but I don't mind walking down the road with you for the last one. I was like, why is that? She says, because not everybody's going to go, no, you're a freaking Trekkie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to deny being a Whovian. Um, I have a magnet. I need to put it back on my car. Uh, I have a magnet uh, of the TARDIS in kind of a forced perspective that says it's bigger on the inside. Um, and I put that on my fuel uh, door on my Prius because I figure uh, the gas tank is bigger on the inside. <laughs> and uh, my wife always takes it off when she drives the car. She's like, she's like, she, she always thinks she's like, I think it's a sexual reference. <laughs> <laughs> And so she's so modest about it, and she takes it off, and it just it, it tickles me to no end. Um, but I thought, oh my gosh, of course that's the that's uh, that's the perfect thing to put on the fuel door for for a hybrid car. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, so who's your? Do you have a favorite doctor? Is that a fair question to ask? Um, it's a toss up between Tom Baker and David Tennant. Speaking my language, brother. Yeah, um, I, Tom Baker was probably my first doctor that was uh, was current at the time. Um, you know, uh, would have been everything was in reruns for us because we had to wait on it to come over. Um, it's when the rules were reversed, <laughs> and we had to wait. We had to wait an extra season to get all the Doctor Who on our on our public broadcast channels here. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, Tom Baker definitely. Um, I remember some early uh, with uh, uh, John Pertwee, but um, definitely Tom Baker was probably the one that I remember the most. And then with the new stuff, David Tennant. My son loves Matt Smith, and I have a soft spot for David Eccleston just because, I mean, that, he did a really good job, <laughs> and I'm sad we didn't get more. Uh, I, I, still, I still overuse Fantastic because of him, so uh, 
fantastic. And then, uh, and you'll appreciate this, uh, indeed have entered, uh, thank you, Tilk, <laughs> you know, uh, so yeah. would you, would you put, uh, so you would say you have, you have Dr. Who and then there's Trek and Stargate running side by side or, you know, yeah, I'd say they're running side by side, it, but it's weird because my knowledge of Stargate is probably better than Star Trek. That makes any it, sense. It's a little easier to keep up with, though. I mean, just one, the sheer volume uh, as we're recording this, uh, the the Discovery Season 3 episode that, that released today is the 800th piece of filmed Star Trek content available. Um, that is an order of magnitude more than what is available for Stargate. Um, and so... That isn't to say that the mythos and the mythology behind Stargate is small by any means, um, but it isn't currently growing, which helps be able to maintain it. Um, and I think probably you and I have both read everything on Gateworld. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> I never really bothered with the, um, the websites much, to be honest. No, Gateworld's a pretty good uh, fan. It's like, you know, it's like Memory Alpha uh, for uh, Trek. It, it it can back up what you think you know, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I literally started, obviously, with SG-1, and then, obviously, you've got, like, um, oh, my God, why is my Atlantis after that? Yep. And then... It, did you like was... Universe? I did, actually. I Me liked too. some of the characters. Um I was a bit, I thought it needed a bit more time, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really like Robert Carlyle. Yep. Obviously, I mean, I first watched him, oh, golden how many years ago in uh, Train Spotting? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that has been 20, 20 years, e- no, 25 almost now. Wow. Yeah. I mean, obviously, easily. absolute psychopath in there. I'm like, oh my God. And then I watched him and thing and I was like, really? I thought, actually he's quite good. But yeah. he played um he played Hitler as well, didn't he? Did oh I haven't seen him in anything. Was it what was he in for that, do you recall? I don't know hundred percent. It was either a mini series or a movie, but if he, he played that really well as well. He it's played sh- um Rumpled Stiltskin in the series Once Upon a Time that aired here in yes. the U.S. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was very good. I liked that series a lot. I didn't finish it, and I know I hear it kind of tapered at the end, but um, I really enjoyed him as that character in that show. Did you ever see that? It bombed me he was better in the full Monty. <laughs> <laughs> We have a um, we have a special guest off to the side, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, everyone is welcome on the show, and if she's slinging zingers at us, then we're well deserved of it. <laughs> oh yeah, but Robert Carlyle, man. So so, did you um, you started with the series? You didn't see the movie first, Stargate the movie? No. So yeah, I did it that way. So I watched obviously the movie first, and I was like, oh, this is quite cool. Mm-hmm. And then it. How long was it far behind? It was quite a while, wasn't it? Or it feels that way. Um, so the film was in 94 and the series began in 97. Uh, even though there's a three-year real-world gap in universes, only a year between the end of the movie and the beginning of the show. 
Yeah, I mean, I remember watching, obviously, the first one, which was the pilot, and I was like, is that MacGyver? What's MacGyver doing? <laughs> Jack O'Neill, two L's. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, went to, I went and saw Stargate, the film, in cinema. Uh, so I remember I went with my friend TJ. He may not remember, but I do. Uh, and we went and saw that, and I just, I loved it. And I... One, I was uh, when the series came along, I was I was disappointed because it was on paid television. You had to have a subscription to Showtime to watch it in the beginning, um, and then uh, I knew that it slightly broke the continuity in ways that you know I, I was at the time I was <clears throat> kind of a hardline purist uh, when it comes to things. I was always annoyed when you know there were there were continuity errors in Star Trek because I'm like, this stuff has literally been written. Go do your research. <laughs> you know? Um, and I've gotten way over that these years, these days, um, far beyond caring about all of that. I'll just, you know, tell me a good story and I'll accept the rules that you put in front of me. Uh, and so I didn't come into the SG one until it came to, uh, what is the sci-fi channel here in the States. Um, and they were, they took over production and, you know, kept it going another, uh, five years, uh, past mm-hmm. its first five year run. And so I caught up with the first five seasons and then picked up with it and then was there for Atlantis and, uh, SGU to come along in real time. And it is, uh, I'm rewatching it now with my middle child. So we're still in season one because we took a, we took a hiatus for the Mandalorian and uh, so I'm watching that with him and older season one stuff is a bit of a struggle. <laughs> I'm still not, but I do intend to watch the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I've not watched a single episode yet. Well, I won't spoil anything that you may have not already been spoiled on, but um, that does bring up the topic of all of these star themed franchises. Where does Star Wars fit within the within the the ranking yeah i think the last probably the last new series i watched was probably upload i don't know if you've seen that Mm -mm. Mm -mm. that is quite good basically just think star trek hollow sweep that is that is pretty much the construct of the entire thing but it's quite good as well and so it's basically set around when you die. No, I, I won't spoil anything for when the upload happens, but yeah, you'll get a little bit of a surprise, I'll tell you. But yeah, like when you're going to die, they rush you into hospital and you have mm-hmm. a choice. You, you can either go to theater, try and be safe, or you can go to upload. So you go to upload and basically they'll upload all of your memories. That goes obviously on a, like, then you go into a server and then from then on, obviously, your consciousness is within the server. But it is like, how can I think of this? Oh, it's kind of like Second Life, but on steroids. I don't know if you have Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I have enough context to know what you're saying. Or even wow, even. <laughs> Whichever somebody can obviously relate to. Yeah, you've got like your own little piece, but you realize there's like, bits and bits and bits above you so obviously there's like different servers and everything else but yeah it's it's really good i mean and the way it's done is just cool i would strongly advise checking out the the bn pilot 
Sorry, too much wine. My mind's starting to whoop a bit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, there's uh, bad choices in bourbon, yeah. little sips of wine, no worries about it at all. And so that's called Upload. Where does that uh, where does that play on your side of the world? Oh, crikey. I think it's on, I think it's on Amazon Prime. If it's okay. Amazon oh, so I may be able to check it out then too. Yeah, but it's really good. I mean, it's it's probably one of the best things I watched last year. Oh, this year, sorry. Yeah, we're almost, uh, we're not quite done yet. It's a boy. Uh, You're closer to the end of it than I am, but uh, you you get a six hour head start. Uh, I've told all my UK friends today that you guys better give me a heads up if 2021 is just showing its ass out the gate. So (laughs) (laughs) hopefully it comes with some better tidings of of, uh, good cheer in the new year to come. so with that though, man, uh, upload. Are there any other? Uh, are there any other things that's got your attention these days that you want to get uh, get a shout out to or talk about real quick? Oh, crikey! There would be upload. The other one would be oh, what was it called? Can't quite remember the name. Oh, I know what it's on though. It's definitely on Netflix. Ah, Carnival Row. I think it's on Netflix. Carnival Row. Not quite sci-fi. It's more fantasy, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So you've got your humans, you've got your fairies, and then um, so basically you've got two species trying to live together. That good old. Um, <laughs> it's always the same, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah got, oh man. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Stargate, Doctor Who, friggin' Star Trek, whatever else. It's like, oh, these one, these two species want to live together. Yeah, let's set them to kill each other, shall we? <laughs> right, right. And what about yeah. um, what about Battlestar Galactica? Did you ever enjoy that? I loved that um, original and remake. And oh yeah, Caprica as well. Mm-hmm. So oh, good, I, good. You liked I, Caprica. Yeah, I can't admit to how I watched that series. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't get it in the UK, so I was like, right, I need to find a way to watch this. So I'm looking on the forums and everything else, and everybody's like, oh, have you seen Caprica? I'm like, I haven't seen Caprica. Uh, where is it? It's only in the US. Really? Right, how can I get a hold of this? <laughs> yeah, I see. Um, I enjoyed Caprica. I was sad that it ended early. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was really looking forward to the story it wanted to tell. Um, but you know, it, it was, uh, it was kind of in the same time frame as, uh, Stargate universe when it was airing and sci-fi, the sci-fi channel was going through kind of a identity crisis at the time. And, uh, so they canceled a lot of, of stuff that was in production and kind of started shifting to more of the kind of stuff they do nowadays, which, you know, for a while wasn't necessarily the best quality. Um, and, uh, Caprica and SGU were the casualties of some of that, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, well, Alan, it's been an absolute joy getting to talk to you and shooting the shit and, uh, talking about all of our favorite nerd stuff. Um, but the hour is getting late there for you, and uh, uh, I have got errands to run here on my side of the pond so that we can ring in the new year tonight. Um, <laughs> is there is there anything that you want to promote or give a shout-out to before we say good evening? Mm, most of the things I'm doing at the moment, to be absolutely honest, they're a little bit raw, but hopefully in a few weeks it'll be a bit better. So obviously there's my Twitter, which is obviously Old Shark, which is obviously with an E, Old E. Um, this the YouTube, but that probably isn't getting touched for a while either. 
and there is the oh what the hell is it called again too much wine can't remember the name <laughs> yeah we'll just call it with that <laughs> that's all right we'll have all of that in the show notes once the fog whatever comes. it's the t-shirts <laughs> on it <laughs> We'll have it. We'll have it all in the show notes. Um, by the time the listeners get their uh, hands on this episode, um, in the truest spirit uh, uh, of this episode, uh, you know, we've had a little bit to uh, say and a little bit to drink, and that's exactly what we're here for. Um, and with that, though, I do want to go ahead and thank you all for listening. Uh, each week and I hope that we've earned your ears again next week with this episode if you'd like to support the show the easiest and best way to do that is to tell your friends Uh, share the link to this episode or the show in uh, total with folks you know and uh, give them to have a listen there's plenty of folks out there to get to know um, with the backlog from season one and the first few episodes of the new season two here. Uh, and if you are interested in providing direct material support and becoming a patron, you can do so at patreon.com slash D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R for as little as $3 a month. You can get early access to these episodes uh, before they uh, drop every Thursday. And you will be able, though, to get those episodes each Thursday for free and ad-free uh, for as long as I can continue to do this. And with that, folks, this has been Bad Choices of Bourbon. I've been your host, Dan Decker, closing things down from the Toad Suck Studio in Conway, Arkansas. I say good night. <laughs>